Welcome to Live Line with Joe Duffy. Today we're going straight to two fellows in Gory who believe that there is something suspicious about a lady giving out fluoride in primary schools around the country. Michael, you're live on air. First of all, who is this fluoride lady? That's the million dollar question, Joe. Thanks a million for having us on. We just don't know. We run a podcast here down in Wexford and Mark mentioned in one of our early episodes about a mystery lady who came to visit his primary school and made the pupils gargle on fluoride, Joe. Go on, go on, Mark. You're the co-host of this podcast and a man who originally brought up the topic. What is the end result here you're hoping for? Joe Duffy 51951, wash your hands. Mark, go on. Closure is what I'm hoping for, Joe. Closure for myself and all the others who've reached out to me and told us about their unfortunate encounters with his fluoride lady. Now, Michael, I get the sense that Mark's being quite melodramatic here. Uh, surely it's not that big of an ordeal to swish some fluoride around in your mouth for the sake of dental hygiene. I don't think that's Mark's problem, Joe. I think it was more the sadistic ritualism that surrounded it and perhaps the lack of an explanation that the gargoyles were left I'll with. tell you what my problem is, Joe Duffy. It's you. It's people like you are the problem here. You up there in your ivory tower up in RT getting fucking fed marshmallows while your feet are getting cleaned. It's the people like us on the front lines that have to live with this fluoride lady. Mark, 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 Joe, Mark. Joe, 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 no, enough's enough. I'm taking matters into my own hands. Sorry, Joe, I I may go now too, so... Go on, go on, go on. Next, is the Mokra really a cover-up for the Illuminati? We speak to Brian Sunderland and Gory. Joe Duffy 51951, watch your hands. 1.55pm. The disgruntled pair are sitting outside Box Coffee in Castletown, enjoying a flat white and a mocha. I don't know, Michael, it's all starting to seem a bit hopeless. We'll find her, Mark. Here, have a bite of my gluten-free cookie. Ugh! Ugh, that's disgusting. Have you got any gluten I can put in that? Okay, Mark, I was going to keep this a secret, but I can't handle you being such a diva. You see, I've got connections to a member of the staff at the National School in Ballygarrett, who has allowed us to do some Michael Fortune-style interviews with some recent witnesses of the fluoride lady. Well, that's something anyway, Michael. Shall we go now once we finish these coffees? Jason Mark, would you look who's up getting a coffee? Because, shall we may go over and say hello? St. Patrick, how are things? Well, lads, how are you going? What brings you back around here, St. Patrick? I thought you were long gone. I was, but sure. I was on the Facebook there this morning, and I seen some young one saying an escort he was full of snakes. So it's sort of in the, my contract to come back and sort it out. You can get Facebook in heaven. I don't live in heaven, Michael. I live in the back of the book cafe there. The book cafe? Heaven? Some might say the same thing. I didn't realise you were doing ads on the podcast now, lads. Actually, would you mind doing one for the church? Things have gone a bit quiet there since those godless dubs started colonising the smaller parishes around the country. Leave it with his patch or we'll sort something out. Monkey. Hey everybody, Michael's here to see. Get yourself to mass and have a little pray. Mark's here too and he's talking to you. And if you want to please us, you'll go and visit Jesus. Are you ready, boys and girls, to join the Catholic nation? Can't sit with us unless you made your confirmation. Hell yeah, boys and girls, get communion Indians. Father, <laughs> I was about to tell you what St. Paul said to the Corinthians. Yeah, that's the truth we're trying to tell the youth. Yeah, that's the truth we're trying to tell the youth. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Jesus, that was lovely, lads. No bother, old son. Mark, come on then and we'll head out to Ballygarrett. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Paper Chooses Investigates. Today, we're looking for the fluoride lady. I'm currently speaking to Jim O'Brien, who reckons he has seen the fluoride lady. Jim, tell us more. Well, uh, I seen her when I was at a sleepover in Ryan's house. What? She's making house visits under the cover of darkness now, even amid a pandemic. Well, she was only there for a second and then disappeared again. It was my fault that I saw her. Jim, what are you talking about? Oh, sorry, it's you. Jim, it doesn't matter. Jim, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, Ryan dared me to say fluoride lady three times into the mirror and she appeared with that little paper cone full of fluoride. And did she say it to you? She said that Pally Garrett will be senior hurling within five years. Michael, this young man's clearly delusional. Let's go. We're here with Niall, one of the last known victims of the fluoride lady before she disappeared. Niall, you have your theories on the fluoride lady. Yes. She was Melinda Gates in disguise. (gasps) Tell us more. That wasn't fluoride in those cups at all. It was the vaccine for the coronavirus we were gargling. The lizard people have something a cleanse. (laughs) (laughs) The lizard people have commanded a cleanse on Earth, so they have instructed Bill and Melinda to stop supplying the vaccine and let us die. Yeah, did you not read that in The Guardian, Michael? The Guardian is fake news, Mark. Everybody knows it. I know who moved the river in Castletown too! Mark, let's leave. I don't know what they're putting in the water out here. Maybe it's fluoride. Mark, it's looking like another dead end in the search for the fluoride lady here at Paper Chooses. Not all hope is lost, Michael. I've reached out to some of the big guns. What? The big guns? Our local TDs? Even bigger, Michael. I brought our issue to the attention of Angela Lansbury. Oh my god! Jessica Fletcher! That's the one. I've left it with Jessica. She's flying into Gory International Airport to help us once COVID lifts. Until then, we'll just have to wait. Oh, I was reared on Angela Lansbury. I can't wait to see you. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I otherwise thought it. I can't wait. See you then, folks. <laughs> See you, lads. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. 25. A great number, Mark, isn't it? A great number. Before we start, Michael, I have something for you. Oh my gosh. A present of sorts? A present. <laughs> this looks dodgy. Okay. Do, do you want me to... Oh yeah, no, open it, please. please. Okay, right. That's why I saved it. I would have given it to you earlier. Okay. Otherwise... I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to judge by the feel of a pig's jersey. Um, it's a t-shirt of sorts. This is... <laughs> this is peak podcast material. I am now a fully-fledged member of the Angela Lansbury Appreciation Club. Wow. Mark, if it's okay with you and Dylan, our guest tonight, I'm now going to put on the t-shirt. Thank you. This is a historic moment. We'd like to shout out to Paul Galvin. We messaged Paul a good few weeks ago to see if he'd come on the podcast. Hasn't got around to replying yet. I'm sure he'll get the chance to respond in due course. But Angela Lansbury, well, Angela reared Paul Galvin. You can go on to his uh, Instagram at pgal10 and you'll find out how Angela Lansbury shaped future career of the Lixnock or Lixnock 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 there we go hurler 
And now I'm in the club. This will be great on the Insta water. <laughs> yeah. So, Mark, uh, just to bring people together and to um, allay the concerns of our guest tonight, Dylan Moore, uh, at Dil Moore on, or what is it, at Dil? It's Dilly Wonka. On Dilly Wonka, excuse Instagram. me. Yeah, uh, Dylan is a superb uh, DJ and producer. And there's a lot there that I haven't got a clue about. And I'm sure Dylan is going to share with us. Uh, we look forward to dipping into that, Dylan. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes anyway. Yeah. We'll start yeah. slow and see how much you can take on, on board before you get a headache. Yeah. So before we go there, let me tell you about Angela. She was Murder, <laughs> She Wrote. And I have great memories now of Murder, She Wrote. But that's coincidental. Paul Galbert has them as well. Mark, why did you um, buy the T-shirt? It's just, it's comedy gold, really, for me. It's so strange, the fact that I find it so funny, Paul Galvin's stories about Angela Lansbury. Yeah. And it's we've really bonded over Paul Galvin's stories the we past have. couple of weeks. We have. The one of him eating the mask, well, that was <laughs> that was interesting. And uh, who I would just like you to give your description of Paul Galvin's personality. You are taken with this one, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, so this is like a leaving sort of question that, you know, would feature in an exam paper. Paul Galvin, a cross between... Oh, no, excuse me. Sorry. You better Sorry <laughs> Kanye West A cross between Paul Galvin And Jim Core Discuss Boom <laughs> Do you see the similarities though? Actually if For you uh, Dylan And everyone else um, You have to see Joe Rogan And Kanye West To actually appreciate Where that's coming from Because Kanye comes out With great ones In that one He says that He lists out a few Conspiracy theories That he definitely believes in So Um yeah, that's where we see the gym core. And then you get the Paul Gavin because I just think Paul is on a different level. So there you are. Any comments on that discussion? Well, he's a handsome man and Kanye yeah. is, uh, is in a field of his own. Yeah. Quite philosophical. So I can see some similarities. Yeah, Why not? Kanye's yeah. in a world of his own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More power to him though. And yeah. it's great that we had got the t-shirt in time for, um, we just did Paper Chooses Investigates and Angela will be flying in to meet us. So it'll be great that I can show her off the t-shirt. So, <laughs> yes. wow. Uh, that, what a way to open the podcast back. Well done. Nice. I suppose another way would be um, to check out our Parish of the Week this week. And we're, <laughs> there were great cries of support looking to get Bozier Parish in Louisiana featured on the uh, Parish of the Week segment. So yes, we're going USA. Bozier Parish, along with most Louisiana parishes, voted to legalise betting on sporting events uh, in the election there that was held on November 3rd. So, like, first of all, I didn't realise that there, was, there must have been a rake of votes uh, in the uh, US elections. You know, they would have been voting on president, governor and all this. And they were also voting in Louisiana anyway on legalising betting on sporting events. So what did you make of this, Mark? Yeah, well, it's about time. Like, people are going to bet anyway, aren't they? They've been doing, like, illegal betting in America for years. They are, and, like, yeah. If incest is legal in Louisiana, then why can't betting on McGregor be? Is incest illegal? No, it's not. I don't know if it's legal or not, but I think it's encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, Mark, it can generate between 237 and 332 million in sports, sports betting revenue annually. That's a huge amount of money. Mm. And then against this... Um, oh... Um, almost 3% of Louisiana residents are pathological gamblers, according to one study. And that's why Family Forum President Gene Mills opposes it. Out-of-state conglomerates spent $1 million to convince a battered Louisiana that we can gamble our way out of financial woe. LFF opposes sports betting because it, like other forms of wagering, robs personal wealth from Louisiana citizens, promising payouts which are simply undeliverable. So now we can add Gene Mills and James Flood to the list of people that hate conglomerates. 
Dylan, what do you think of this? Would you be a gambling man yourself? I do when the time passes me, but like I wouldn't be, you know, waiting for Saturday to come to run down to the shop to get the accumulator in. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that there's actually, it's still illegal in America to bet, but you can shoot whenever you want. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a yeah. bit of a mad one. Like you got, you can carry a gun around, but you can't carry an accumulator around. <laughs> <laughs> Put that away. <laughs> that is gas. Um, so yeah, the referendum follows. Uh, there was a proposal in 2018 to allow kind of like uh, fantasy football leagues to take place so they brought that in and I'm sure it was a slippery soap in then they let in the whole lot and now so sports wagering is officially legal and we give it to Bosier Parish and along with most Louisiana par- parishes on winning this week's Parish of the Week USA <laughs> now we go to the Donegal News and this is a, a really fascinating article altogether. Uh, Norm, we've, we've tried under the direction of our superb producer Robbie Dunn at the guy from Muckridge. Uh, we were trying to bring in articles that were related to um, our guest um, but I, fe- I came across one and I just I felt the need to inc- include it and this is it. Donegal News spokesperson for Bunkranagardi has told a number of newspaper out- outlets that they're investigating an incident of theft that occurred at on Green on Fort in Burt between 10am on Saturday, October 24th and 10am on Sunday, October 25th. And the lock was cut on the entrance gate to the fort and the large gate of the fort itself was stolen. Mark. I have a suspect. Who? Somebody on this podcast was giving out about big gates a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Michael Dwyer, have you been stealing gates? <laughs> Hands up, I don't like big gates yet. And was, was Michael Fortune saying about uh, lads, you know, messing and switching gates around, you know, putting yeah. his gates on his gates and his gates and his gates. Mm. So maybe it was one of our listeners. Maybe it was. Yeah, I had that, right, I didn't have that theory, you have that theory. I had a theory that it was someone that like thought this is a national monument. It's been, it's made lad Bible, lads. Um, the, the fact that it's such a major tourist attraction in Donegal uh, they say the Green On of Alec is one of the most visited tourist attractions in Donegal with over 100,000 visitors in the regular summer season so I have a feeling is this someone that is vexed at the fact that there is a gate up stopping them from visiting at night time and that they want to be there they want to be able to see the fort in its prime in the evening time and no gate is going to stop them so I would be kind of like that Dylan where do you lie in this uh, gate debacle? I don't know, like, if you want to rob someone's gates, rob someone's gates, but don't do it to a historic landmark. Ooh. You know? If you want to rob Flood's gates, rob Flood's gates. (laughs) (laughs) But don't be taking the gates from a historic landmark. That's, you know, that's timeless and it's it's, uh, priceless. It's like the the vandalism of the Luke Kelly statue up in Dublin. Same thing. It bears similarities, What what, what are you going to gain out of a 200-year-old gate? Where are you going to put it? Did you see the um, Halloween costume of Luke Kelly? The statue, the fellow beside Luke Kelly's yes. statue. Ah, oh, that was top class. <laughs> Have you seen it? No, no, see it, it's, no. Uh, well, it's basically the Luke, you know, the one I said I don't like with the big head. Yeah. It's just a, fe- a fella with red hair and a red beard, and he's in like a white cardboard box sitting down beside it. So it, he looks the exact same as a statue, and he's beside the statue. It's brilliant. Big <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah. So there you are. That's why the gate. Anyway, we hope they find the gate anyway. That's fair to say, yeah? Yeah. 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 That's so. Awesome. Now we go to house music. Dylan, over to you. <laughs> this article, Dylan, uh, it's about Calvin Harris. It's in the EDM. E- Calvin Harris slams UK for slander of house music. And it's on an Instagram post there where um, there was a BBC lad and he criticised the talent of house music in the UK. And so um, Calvin Harris 
took aim at him and he it resulted in a lot of house DJs in the UK backing him and, and expressing delight at how he came out in support. Uh, what did you make of the article, Dylan? I, I, it's been kind of ongoing as well in Ireland, this, this whole, you know, we should reskill and retrain artistic people and you should go and get, I think there was a, one TD, Heather Humphreys, was quoted saying you should go and get, uh, go, go and reskill and get a new job. Which is kind of, it, it's a bit of a kick in the face to anyone who spent their, their whole life, you know, trying to find out what it was that, that they're, they're good at, what their, their real passion in life is. Maybe you're weird in school, you were outcast, you didn't know what it was to, you know, to have that passion until you found it in your late teens, 20s, and now you're really striving for a push and for it, you haven't got a lot of income coming in, and then, then a TD slams you and says, go and get a new job. Okay. It's a mm. major insult to a lot of artists that are still haven't even made it yet. Like, it's probably... For Calvin Harris, it's okay. He's a multi-billionaire. You know, he's making what, a million a show in, in Las Vegas. Um, so he has that back and he has that, that support, I suppose, you know, financially. But for other artists that are struggling financially, it's a real pick in the face for them saying, go get another job because that could be their passion for the rest of their, rest of their lives, you know. Yeah. It's soft to take. Does that describe how you found house music? Like there's a passion that developed in your teens and then you, you've followed on with it and you've uh, really put a lot of time into it and become quite industrious, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably been a, an escape for me more than anything else, to be honest. Like, you know, school wasn't wasn't really my thing. I didn't like it. I I kind of find, found ways to avoid going to school, just through personal uh, battles going on in my own life. I just didn't like going to school, didn't like being around people. So when I was at home, it was just better off just putting the headphones on, putting tunes on. You'd find your own little kind of groove of what you enjoyed. And over time, you kind of find a way to probably put that into a more commercial aspect, you know, whether you can sell yourself as an artist. And that's where I found my passion and my love. I still don't do it as a job. I still do it as a passion. I have my own job on the side. But it's nice having that passion and having something that you can kind of come home after a day of work and still have something else to do that's enjoyable. People actually seek you out to want to do more of it. So I suppose when you see people that have their careers slating that as a as a hobby and not a career, it's very insulting. What is it about... Uh, what goes into... Um, a production when like I listened to your latest on melodic melodic yes yeah yep. like there there are peaks and troughs and there are rises and falls in it the same as you'd hear in a piece of classical music so what goes into a piece of do you call it techno or house or what what is it they're all different genres I suppose so like right. for myself at the moment I'm mostly playing progressive music and melodic music so tracks that are made up of mostly melodies synths um, progressive um, styles of music so it's, it's always building it's always going somewhere else okay. um, I do I've always enjoyed emotional tracks not not so much tracks that will get you going more so tracks that will have a feeling in your, your heart you know so if it, if it hits you in your head on your heart that's where you want to be and I think um, with regards to the last podcast or the last guest mix I done was uh, geez, it was I'd say maybe two months three months in planning for that so you kind of want to find the right track that meets that next track. Like it wouldn't be so just turn the decks on and away you go and you just pick 10 tracks and that, that's the mix done. It takes a few months to find the right the right key, the right note, the right point for each track to meet the next track. Uh, you know, you don't want to have too many vocals. You don't want to have vocals overlapping. You don't want to have two different kick drums that are two different keys to be clashing you know different hi-hats to be clashing there's a lot to be thinking in, in, in consideration you don't want to mix too fast you don't want to mix too slow um it takes time you get used to it as well like over time over like the last 10 years i'm at a stage now where it's kind of muscle memory 
you wouldn't even think about it what, what, you know, what I'm doing but uh, planning on guest mixes can be a bit more personal because you're kind of you're at, you're at home you haven't got a crowd to read so you've time on your hands to, to do something a bit more emotional than having to read a crowd and push the crowd to keep them dancing for the next act okay I suppose yeah a lot of the music is to do with people like uh, even when you look at subversive that's your main baby isn't it yeah that's definitely the, the heart and soul of you know what, what we're doing at the moment that's our collective right so um in that you've got, I mean, like we've got artists from from Gory, which would be myself and Billy, to be Dara from Bunclody, uh, you've you've Shane Waraski from Wicklow, and then you've got another guy, uh, Tarok, who goes by Hiking. He's in Dundalk. Even your brother is featured. Huh? Yeah, he's the newest guy. So oh, he right. featured just today there as our newest resident. He's oh, been he bought his uh, his decks there about last year, maybe two years ago, and he's been mixing away, mixing away, and then they broke. Then he wanted to get his own decks, like a new set of decks. He got those delivered this year, and he's been mixing like two hours, three hours a day for the last six months in lockdown. And is that how you start to in this field? Yeah, you really fall in love with it at first. Like I wouldn't mix as much as he is at the moment because. So what's on a on a mixing board? Like obviously he has his two aspects. Like his two his two decks. They they be the, the two tracks you'd have. Right. And in the middle you have your your mixer. So that's it, where your channels are, your EQs are, your master volume, all the different volume uh, equalizing knobs. So you have your yeah. bass, your low, your high mids. And it's up to you whether you want to bring in the two, they have two tracks side by side and you can blend them into each other. You can just chop in, in and out of, it, you know, of each other. Uh, it's up to you. Everyone has their own style of mixing. I've like Lately I've gone into more blending. So it's like slow mixing where it's kind of like one long track as opposed to knowing where the next track comes in. You know, some people prefer that, where you can you can really hear the next song coming in. It's quite obvious, whereas myself at the moment, I'm going for a more of a slow, kind of continuous, seamless track, I suppose. Like a seamless blend. Right. But uh, yeah, Ross has been doing quite well. He's uh, been mixing like a madman for the last six months with the lockdown. It's a really a skill that you learned then. Say again? It's, it's really a skill that you learn, you know, you're constantly yeah. lo- listening for what, what works well, what... Um... Yeah, it's, it's, it can be frustrating as well because you really fall in and out of love with it every, every so often. Like there's points when you get frustrated because you're not getting noticed for what you're doing because sometimes you can put in a lot of work and then no one notices it. Maybe it's a, a guest mix or you've gone out and played a gig and no one was there for the opening set of the night and you're frustrated at yourself and everyone around you for not, you know, taking on, um, on board the work you put into yourself. But, you know, then you you get hungry again, you get the um, excitement again for the next gig or the next opportunity. So it's kind of a constant battle of keeping yourself motivated and keeping yourself uh, ready for the next opportunity. Because if you're pissed off and you, you kind of, you know, you, um, let it all slide to one side, it's going to just, uh, you're going to miss opportunities. Yeah, classic tale of the artist. Um, you, you, you've opened for many... Um, Big big names as well, and you've played at many f- festivals, haven't you? Yeah, um, the last couple of years has kind of taken off. I mean, like I'm doing this ten years now, and it's taken seven or eight years to actually get somewhere. So, like, word of to the boys for any young lads uh, starting out, don't get pissed off in the last two in the first two years. It's going to take a lot longer than a couple of years to get yourself going. Okay. Um, like I mean, I I played a gig in Dublin was my very first gig. I was supported a international act called Ben Pierce. So we were playing in the smoking area where he played in the main room and I was playing alongside uh, some Irish act called Boots and Cats, quite a big right. name at the moment in Ireland. And that was my first gig. Didn't play another gig for about 12 months after that. 
and that was extremely low. It was like trying to just keep yourself motivated, trying to even get a mix was like impossible because you're like, you know what, nobody cares. I'm just nobody. And that voice in your head, that kind of that creative voice just goes dark. You're like, you know what, what's the point? You know, maybe I'll just mix at home every now and then or once a month I'll just turn the decks and have a little bit of a laugh, but professionally I'm done. So then you wait about, you know, 12 months and then the next thing you know, something else happens and you're gonna push hard for it and then you might get a chance, but you might not get a chance as well. So. It's again just that battle of trying to stay motivated for the next yeah. opportunity because it's it's quite tenacious out there to try and keep yourself in a, a field that's kind of getting bigger and bigger every year. Do you know, it's really becoming a popular scene. It's a popular scene, all right, but it's not. Is it mainstream? It depends on what you want to do with it, I suppose. Like it's you know at the moment there's there's friends of mine that are pushing for different goals. Do you know whether you want to be famous on Instagram is different to whether you want to be credible as an artist. Right. So, like, I could have spent the last six months following and unfollowing people on Instagram and had 10k followers, but had no credibility as an artist. Mm. So my mixing could have been terrible, but my Instagram is really, really big. And that might get you more gigs and more lineup slots, but at what cost? Do you know, do other people think you're a sellout? That's, that's the question. So it's a really, really thin line of, do you want to go down the route of being popular and being booked for your name and not being booked for credibility or do you want to be booked for your credibility? You know, which one lasts longer, I suppose, is the question. Right. Mark, have you... Um, uh, yeah, just in terms of, like, research, would you, like, was there any books around that you would have read or did you just sort of learn by doing or was there a place where you went is like, oh, well, I'm going to study this now for an hour and then go and try it out somewhere else? There was a, f- like, a good bit of YouTube videos really helps with regards to, like, technical side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest part of it is social. Like, it's socially, you learn so much more talking to people, uh, sharing stories, whether it's at an after party or pre-party, if you're having just drinks and you're mixing and you're watching someone that mixing and then you jump on for a bit and then they jump on for a bit, they might actually tell you what you're doing wrong. You might watch them and go, do you know what, that's actually a, a good idea that is. You know, I might just, I might try that the next time I'm at home on my own. I might just try what, what they're doing themselves. It's um, it's very much a social thing. Like I, I, everyone always asks me, how do you get gigs and how do you get on lineups and how do you get your name out there? It's purely social. If you're not out there, going to like small local lineups and supporting and being seen, supporting local lineups and paying in and saying, hey, I'm actually here. How's it going? Hope you're doing well. Then you may as well just stay home and just keep moaning about you know the chances you missed. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very, it's very social. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very about like going out networking, telling people, you you know, I'm here, I'm supporting you, I don't mind coming out and supporting you, I know it's going to be a quiet night, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Is it expensive to start? <sighs> Not really. There are very, very cheap decks going out or going around. And even like when I first started out, it was quite dear because, I mean, there was nobody in Gory that actually had decks. So... When I got my first decks, there was only one other person that had decks and I didn't know him, so I, I couldn't actually even ask him. So there wasn't any kind of like a like a marketplace on Facebook or an advert where you could go and buy decks. It was like, a, I suppose you can buy them actually online firsthand. So that was quite dear. That was my birthday and Christmas money gone. But uh, I think nowadays it's getting easier because there's so many options. There's so many people that are selling their decks, like buying and selling and giving up and selling them off cheap again from Christmas, you know. So there are much more opportunities and there's much more of a network around there. And that's what I like to see as well is that with Subversive now, I see a lot more people actually approaching me for for advice, support, for, you know, uh, questions on like their last mix or where to buy speakers, decks, stands, tables, whatever it is, you know. So there's there's kind of like a network now in the community in in Gory and Wexford around us. Yeah, that word community, that that's, stands out, you know, because like it, 
even within yourselves, you know, there seems to be a great camaraderie among those who are, you know, um, leading with the subversive. And then even without the, or around that, you have the, the people that are tuning in, following, saying, oh, I like that rise or anything. It, it is um, that interpersonal connection really is there, isn't it? Yeah, the support is is key. It's it's massively key. I mean, like we one of the things that was really successful when we first started out was we had um, I did a launch of the page on social media with reps. So I had like twenty something uh, reps. We had like a group chat, had a private group on Facebook. I had like we're gonna we're gonna launch the page at like let's say six p.m. on a Friday. Can everyone just share the page, like, comment, just do something that we can get that extra bit of the algorithm to to notice the page. It'll go onto someone else's page. The reach will go an extra number. So when, like, 25 people just shared this random page and invited their friends to it, that kind of created this train of, like, oh, well, if they're sharing, I'll share as well. So when you see people sharing, you'll share as well. So what happened was we got something like 500 likes in the first day. So that really, really helped like having that platform early on because I've seen people that have like a hundred likes on their front on their pages on the very first couple of weeks, first couple of months, and it's very hard to get going past that. Once you have like a big base starting out, it's really easy to push on from there. Okay. So we had that kind of community, that kind of uh, network of um, reps and people that were spread, spreading the word for us. So when we launched our first event and um, we were pushing in, like in the promotional period up to the first event at Christmas time, uh, we had like 20, 25 people that were kind of spreading the word constantly in gory and pubs, uh, after parties, at uh, pre-parties, at uh, pre-drinks, saying, are you going to the subversive gig? You know, so it was really, really helpful. So where did you have the gigs? In Breen's. All right. So we had a launch night in Breen's upstairs. Right. Had to convert the whole room. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of work. Because like, you see kind of clubs in Dublin and you just pay 200 quid for the venue fee. And there's a sound system in there, decks in there, engineer in there, light engineer, sound engineer. Everyone, you just walk in with a USB. It's very, very handy. Whereas for ourselves, it was uh, bringing in subs, bringing in tops, bringing in monitors, bringing in tables, bringing in decks, all from Dublin. Get vans hired to bring it all up, hire security, um, get a late license fee. Get I, I was just a nightmare. Yeah. Talking about like at least two grand to start your first night before you make a penny. Right. So it was a big investment, big risk, but big reward, I suppose, as well. When you look at the name Subversive, um, you brought, I'd say you put in a lot of work into getting a name like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, subversive, uh, it strikes me uh, like uh, it's connected or related to subliminal. And I don't know if this is related to it, but like Mark has said before, you listen to kind of, and I could see why, listen to. One of those type of videos that have a beat under it and that, um, like the Jim Rohn and those motivations. Like, mm. I know they're not house or techno, but like, there is a certain easiness about it that, you know, it's easy actually to listen while going to sleep, even. Yes. Find yeah. that? Uh, I suppose, like, the, the, the reason that we chose the word subversive was that it's, um, I think the best word to use like it's more kind of like revolutionary I suppose that it's okay. kind of creating that sense of you know frustration at our local community for not having this in place before we got here okay so like you know it was almost like I was trying to create this um, image of I'm pissed off you know why wasn't this here before I came along right. why, is it ta- why is it taking until the, what three years ago for Gory to have a dance scene Okay. You know, so this this should have been here. There should have been support from local community, local TD, local uh, council. Why why is there not enough push for like late license? Why isn't there enough push that if someone wants to have like a venue style event, why isn't that available? Do you know it, it's it's frustrating almost that like we had to go to such lengths and such financial lengths as well to actually have an event that was um, meaningful to a lot of people in, in the town. 
And did you find much resistance when you yeah. had it? So we had our first event and that went, that, that sold out actually in two hours. Um, so it was two years ago, Easter, we had this uh, follow-up event. We were going to do our second event and we were told the week of the event that everything had to be cancelled. So I lost deposits for decks, security, lost deposits for hiring out equipment and licensing. Everything was all lost. So there's a lot of negative connotations about it, the scene. Does that affect Yeah. It? Like my biggest question was why wasn't I contacted? Yeah. Do you know why didn't he call me? I'm, I'm widely available. It's not like I'm hiding. So I, I left it for a few months and I came back and I requested a meeting with the, the sergeant himself. Yeah. I wanted to find out what his problem was, just to find out like why, why couldn't he ring me himself or call me into the station for a chat to find out what my, my plans were. So uh, I went to him. I actually got support from, from Malcolm Byrne actually and he was really helpful getting me in touch with the sergeant. Uh, I had a meeting with him. He apologised for obviously jumping the gun and not coming to me first. He gave me the, the go-ahead and to run events. I just told him, look, I'll, gi- I'll give you a ring beforehand, let you know what's going on, what the numbers are looking like, ticket sales, security, who's on the door, how many are coming in, just to give you an idea what's going to ha- happen ahead of time. And I'll give you a call the next day to find out has, was there any hassle on your side. So, like, what can we correct down the line? Because I wanted to make sure that it was coming as professional. It wasn't just going to be a rave. I want this to be a long-term viable option. Mm. And uh, he was supportive. He actually was quite helpful. He even said, "Look, he'll send down, he'll send down some um, some guys just to keep an eye on things. That there's any trouble outside, that he'll push them away. That it won't be um, our fault. Like we'll be paying for it." So it was turned around quite fast, actually. So we had our first birthday then, and we went smoothly. Ran events then for a few about a year after that, until then brains which weren't able to do any more um, of the events because obviously they're, they're only a bar. They're not actually a venue. So, with the way the licensing is at the moment in the country, we can't um, run a, like a ticketed event in a, in a in a pub that hasn't got like a license, uh, like a venue license. So unless you're the likes of O2 that has a nightclub, you can charge in. Breens can't charge in for a private event without that license. So because they're not actually they don't they don't own their own venue, they, they I think it's a, it's leased out to a landlord. So same thing. They can't request that late license, can't request the license to have the venue, have private events. So they were kind of pushing their luck for a while to the point where I was like, look, it's fine, we'll, we'll walk away, we'll call it a day. Luckily we got the into O two afterwards, but up until that point it was pretty much end subversive. Okay. It was it was kind of a it was a strange time because we had obviously run events in there and then it was, I think it was a weekend after we actually ran an event in Breen's and it was quite successful, went pretty well, there was no trouble. The Breen's called me in and just said, look, we can't do anymore. Mm. So it was a bit of a shock, to be honest, at first, but it was coming a long time. It was coming. Like we were kind of pushing our luck, just getting the events in the first place. So how many years were you doing? Sorry, no, I'm, I'm pretty clueless. I have to say, I didn't know um, no, no, like the gigs that were going on and everything. So how many, like, how many years were these going on and how many were going to them? There was, it was two years. Uh, so we had our second birthday in O2. But up until that, we had the guts of two years in Brains. So there was maybe 10, 12 different gigs in yeah. upstairs in Brains over those two years. Um, a few of them were kind of bigger events than others. Some of them were like free in, no real lineup, just support local acts. You yeah. know, we won't charge you in if you don't. Just just come along and support the acts on, on show. Some of them were kind of ticketed events with headline acts from Dublin and everything else. Um, it kind of varied. And then our last event was actually a ticketed event. We had a few different acts from Dublin up 
and that was at, that was the final gig afterwards we got to meet my brains and they said we just can't do anymore right so we were about a few weeks after that meeting we had no idea what to do and I said we have to just go for it we have to just ask go to what story is like maybe they've heard of us maybe they know it's going quite well if we get a reference from Breen's maybe we can push on and see if we can get ourselves into a nightclub so had the meeting they already knew who I was happy to go ahead it actually was a very very smooth meeting to be honest so lucky I was to be honest I was really lucky yeah to move straight into it and is it a profitable endeavour like or is it more a labour of love yeah, it's, that's definitely love. That's not, that's not going on the money route. <laughs> I've lost enough money over the years. Uh, no, like there, like there have been good nights. Like when it's good, it's good. That's that's for sure. And it can be quite rewarding, you know. Like even if you break even, you're, you're delighted. Do you know, even if like I've lost a fair bit on, on certain gigs, and they could be my best gigs, they the most enjoyable gigs because you had the most crack, you had the most laugh. It was the most yeah. stressful event, and even though it went completely hits up it was still so much crack you know you still had like your favourite lineup. maybe it wasn't the most popular lineup, but it was your favourite lineup. it was people you wanted to bring down yourself and socialise with and network with and talk to have a drink with and that's kind of the main the main part of this is that like I'm able to bring down acts that I love that yeah. I genuinely want to bring yeah. down and then in a year's time if they get bigger I'm like you know what you were in gory you're, you're touring the world now or you're touring Ireland or whatever it is but Sorry. I've just seen the pussycat <laughs> oh yeah like, you never yeah. warned us of that it's the force of the cat there <laughs> what's her name Mark? Uh, that one is called small cat small cat she's quite big yeah, yeah. Her mother, a bit of a belly on her, her she's out the called, window now her mother was Sorry. called tits and she's dead <laughs> She died about three weeks ago. She just never came back. Or yes, Jake, River Adam and Tits. Why now, Tits? No, that's... Uh, oh, yeah, Tits is dead. That's yeah. small cat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, on the, I don't get back to... <laughs> but, but, uh, Tangent. Just to say as well, Mark, you had an experience on Monday, didn't you? Uh, uh, I, I didn't have an experience you on didn't. Monday. No. Okay, the dog survived? The do- well, for the minute, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sam, who you've seen outside there this evening, is not long for this world, but... She is... Or she, My mother is finding it hard to get rid of it, and... I am busy at the minute, so I can't bring it in to be, bring him in to be put down. So he's still hanging on. I don't know if he's being put down or given to the pound, but he's too dangerous. Like he's, he's on probation. Uh, he's on probation. Like he's nipped at my mother, mm. and like he's rat chased people down the road, and mm. like I do that, but I'm a person, so I'm gonna, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Like we have a small baby in the house, and it's not safe to have him here. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna have to go. Yeah. Just to comment, this is our first podcast in Baroque. We are dealing with the cold in impressive fashion, but we have a great hospitality from the Halpin family um, mm. and hand sanitizer to boot as well. Uh, so it really is a pleasure to have Dylan with us. Um, I'm very impressed. Uh, Dylan, uh, <laughs> just to get hammers back. Hammers and. Yeah, hammers. <laughs> a fine hacksaw I there. Uh, uh, I think yeah. that is. Some window lean cat food. Yeah. Just in case helmet. COVID goes badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Trump election. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're ready to go first. there. Yeah. Mm. Um, didn't you say earlier that uh, you were kind of, so verses kind of started because you were angry that there wasn't something there already. Do you think that isn't it good at the same time that you're able to blaze your own trail because, you know, there obviously there isn't anything there, but it's, you are creating something by your own uh, design. Definitely, yeah. Like, it would have been a lot harder to be the second person to run events or to start something or to follow in the footsteps of somebody else. It would have been a lot harder to do that and to be successful doing it. But to be the first doing it, it's great. But at the same time, it, it does show you the, the lack of opportunity in this town and the lack of um, push for for local arts. You know, I am even seeing something as, as, as big as the theatre being built for 
the town at the moment like is that going to be a multi-purpose venue is that going to be available to be rented for for, for hire to do more than just theatre so mm. those questions need to be asked I think you know of, of, of local council is there, is there going to be more opportunities for people to run multi-purpose is there going to be you know uh, art cafes is there going to be opportunity to do events of different styles uh, is I it going to be a one-dimensional uh, yeah oh, I see what you say absolutely yeah but um I, I just see that like a lot of your talent is in pushing forward and driving your own um, style. So like I, th- I think nothing happens in this world if we just leave it to someone else or leave it to chance. Oh, so that's why I think it's brilliant that you have a community of people pressing ahead um, to try and put this sort of music on the agenda. Oh, absolutely. And like I, I will I will say as well, like we, we have a great community and it's it, it's fortunate that we have so much help around us and support around us. But um, it, it would be great to see, you know, down down the line, we can maybe set up something down the line that could create, whether it's funding or availability or a system of sorts that, you know, if you want to start your own collective, your own night, you, your own, your own anything at all artistically, that there's, it, there's, there's steps involved, you know, that make it a lot more simple for, for someone that's, that won't cost them an arm and a leg financially. Yeah. Because not everyone is fortunate to have a job and a career as well, you know, or, or endeavours artistically as well. Absolutely, and I think COVID has even forced us to reimagine how we uh, present uh, art and and absolutely, yeah. There's definitely like a lot of opportunities. Like I know there's a number of talented artists in, in this town that you know there's not enough opportunities for them to showcase their their abilities, whether it's graphic design, whether it's visual arts, uh, musical arts, it's hand drawn painting. There's there's so much at the moment going around, and like because we're so locked away at the moment we have so much time to actually showcase these these skills i've seen i've seen so many friends now that are, that are back doing drawing back doing art painting and it's great seeing it but where are we going to go with this when we get back to normal again mm. where are we going to showcase it all that's yeah. what i want to find out is can we can we create something down the line that we can showcase all this availability you know at a at a reasonable opportunity for everyone to get to yeah so that's what my plan anyway then long term anyway is deadly aspiration yeah, yeah like hopefully a, you mentioned earlier about having to have a part time job and that kind of brings us to our third article that we might dip into now it comes from the Irish Times and it's about drone delivery startup MANA which has raised further funds so this is an idea that uh, MANA a fine company a fine name for a company as well that uh, the COVID has uh, led the startup to revamp its plans initially it was going to um, pilot a takeaway food delivery service on the campus of UC with drones delivering food directly to students and lecturers. They had signed up with Just Eat and restaurant Camille Thai. Have you ever had Camille, Mark? No, that's Joe Canning's place. Is he linked mm, with them? Yeah. I did not know mm, that. Yeah. Well, it is delicious. Um, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> but the COVID crisis uh, forced MANA to, well, not force it, but uh, influenced its change. And they were actually signed up with Tesco this week. They've been annou- it's been announced that they've signed up with Tesco for a trial to deliver groceries by drones in Oranmore, County Galway. So uh, they have an investment board uh, called Green Man. Uh, it's a real estate fund and they're on board and it's a great endorsement for their plans in Europe and they're delighted to have them joined as a backer and the Irish Aviation Authority has yet to give the go-ahead for MANA to launch its services widely but the company is in talks with it and with regulators in other jurisdictions. Now, I don't know, can you comment too much though, Dylan, given your involvement in the Just Eat industry? Um, I do remember last year actually there was there was all this talk of MANA coming on board and there was this the UCD, uh, the drones and it actually did look quite exciting the idea of this I, mean, I know there was a bit of uproar with drivers saying you know oh god our jobs are gone and 
this sort of thing, you know, obviously there's always going to be these fears when something new comes in. There's a new, I suppose, a new uh, mutation of what's going to happen down the line. And I think this was a long time coming. Drones delivering food is always going to be more reliable than a driver deciding on the night, ah, I'm going to go home. Do you know, it, it's going to be a more reliable way and a more efficient way, I suppose, long term. Yeah. You can beat traffic as well. You're going to be in the air. Do you I know? just thought of, do you remember back the, um, the poor, unfortunate uh, delivery driver? We had uh, we discussed on Conor Moore's one and he ended up on the trail of Ballymoney Beach. Um, <laughs> yes. So the drone hopefully wouldn't end up uh, on the trail there along the beach. So. I'm, I'm a delivery driver myself, Michael. Oh yes, yeah. yeah I, I can't see a drone taking a bed. No, no. I think my job is safe. No, I don't see it like uh, lifting a six foot mattress up a spiral staircase, <laughs> lifting a wardrobe, <laughs> a wardrobe, and it fucking dropped it. Let's train the wardrobes again. Yeah. Would you love to be the have the creativity of the person who thought of that name though, Mana? Mana. You know the way food come from heaven or whatever. You know it's come from the sky. Is that what that means, mana? Is that what the rock is? I think there's a biblical reference or something that uh, mana came from heaven and they they were were able to eat or something like that. Rain. Rain? (laughs) Maybe rain. (laughs) (laughs) That's supposed to be anyway. (laughs) I don't know. It's the type of thing to Google anyway. I'd say pre-producers could Google it. So anyway, it's all something to look forward to anyway in the future. And uh, should just eat is the way to go, Dylan, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, first of all, before we start on my questions, I want to play a game. Oh. Uh, it's a story game. So I'm going to say a word, then Michael say a word, then Dylan, you say a word, and we'll try and make sentences. Oh, well, great idea. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for, I'll start, sure. Uh, we. Navy and GA Club. Are. Racists. <laughs> <laughs> but we like the LGBT community <laughs> and what's more in Kyle and Aaron they are racist <laughs> nonetheless we will strive for 32 counties in six months I am going home to listen to Southeast Radio and cry <laughs> because Wild Spice Takeaway has given me some what? <laughs> Why, Michael? <laughs> you lose. <laughs> oh, that's a funny game. Okay. Um, <laughs> The ne- um, now we'll move on to the next session uh, section. Uh, Dylan Moore is in this house. <laughs> Dylan Moore is in this house. Dylan Moore is in this house. Dylan Moore. <laughs> um, uh, first question: Is being the DJ at the party less cracked than being in the crowd? Yes. Yes. It can be. That's what I thought. Ooh. It depends. More stressful, I'd imagine. Anyway. Well, yeah, you can't. Go and be in bits when you're on the decks. You know, um, you have to kind of watch yourself and watch your your limits and what you're drinking, and uh, you have to kind of keep a sense of what's going on with the crowd and around you, and who's watching and who are you with, and who's the manager of the club and <laughs> is he watching you? But uh, if you are in charge of the tunes, it can be fantastic as well. And is it all planned, or do you react to the crowd like, oh, they like that bit? Oh, I'll throw in a little bit more of that sort of. Um Oh, describe some music, Michael. Um, that, that tempo, that high tempo. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You'd always have a playlist. You'd, you'd have, like, if I was going to play a certain club before a certain artist, I'd just put together maybe 30, 40, 50 tracks into a folder. You'd have one or two tracks that you, that you know you want to play, and then you just go from that, fill the blanks in. Mm. Cool. Uh, what does mead have in common with a lot, of, a lot of cows this time of year? Is that for me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael? What does mead have? Excuse me. What does mead have in common with a lot of... They're both close to Cavan. Oh my gosh. That's not my joke and it's not no. good. You make uh, better riddles. <laughs> <laughs> I have a riddle for this evening actually. Yeah, Don't yeah. let me forget that. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, how would you feel if the parking attendant in Gory was to start giving out wet willies instead of parking fines? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm actually all for it to be honest <laughs> It's a lot smoother than 40 euro fine I'm all for it yeah. It'd be a lot quicker to run away as well Get in the car and leg it yeah. uh, you seen my cat there a second ago So do you prefer dogs or cats? Oh dogs, 24-7 Dogs, definitely Yeah, yeah Sweet Universal uh, What is your ideal water slide? Well the one in Forest Park is crap yeah. <laughs> It's shit I get stuck on that so much Like I was fat when I was younger But I got stuck on that Every oh single time Lara uh, Lara was a bit of crack My idea that was one, one, yeah. Is You know the ones you go sort of down And then it's a big bowl And you go around like a toilet Or like the, the coin of McDonald's You go around and around, around And then they drop down into it That's my favourite the, the ramp ones are quite cool as well Where you get lifted into the air before you hit the pool oh yeah they're yeah they're class yeah pretty sweet um, the Clara Lara remember the 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 fucking mat you go down on the slide yeah. yeah that was fucking that was a death trap <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that uh, if you could change any one thing about the world what would it be ooh oh god We're just going to, <laughs> we're just going to rustle by jacket and paper. <laughs> Ooh, that is a deep question. That's profound. Uh, <laughs> hey, you could eat as much as you want, but you can't get fat. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, that would be good. Obesity would be a lot less difficult to uh, to get. Or mm. a lot more difficult. Uh, Michael? The question again, sorry. Uh, if you could get rid of any one thing about the world, what would it be? Oh, negativity. Ah, Michael. Simple. <laughs> Um, <laughs> mine would be cyclists. <laughs> Go on, Vintmark. Uh, no, I won't. I'll just. They are the death in Dublin. Well. They're the <laughs> plague. Oh my god! So you're not pro Deliveroo, then, are you? Answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no comment. Right? Uh, next question. Dylan, is there a no shumper policy at your shows? <laughs> <laughs> Can you clarify what a shumper is before oh, I? I should have worn my work uniform. And a jumper, jumper. Have you ever seen a maths teacher? Like, they wear a jumper and then like a check shirt underneath it and you can see just the little collar and yeah. is it the one that was like the, the pre-made ones where it's just actually just a collar oh. just stitch out the jumper I've one of those but no that's heresy next is a would you rather question so we have two scenarios scenario one you are a catholic priest in Ireland in the, in the year 1980 you are the so to speak big cheese of the parish Jeez. you have the selection of the finest soda breads and apple tarts that the women of the community can muster up you drive a big car and have shiny shoes. However, your real dream is to be the world naked mud wrestling champion. <laughs> and you know that you would be shamed if you were to pursue it. 
Or scenario two, you are the naked world mode wrestling champion, <laughs> but you have religious experience and encounters with the divine. You know that the church would never accept you, but you feel a deep need to share your findings with the lay people. Which do you choose? I mean, you had me apple tart. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the mold wrestler Would you? Oh that sounds unbelievable You know They make movies about you <laughs> Oh yeah Yeah, yeah. The visions Yeah the vision. You'd be on Joe Duffy every week <laughs> And come on Come on, come on Tell us about the mold Wash your hands Wash your hands Be like Oasis or Blur 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 I think I'm going with Blur I think I'm That's decided. our second Blur uh, answer Who Yeah, Who's it's the weird. one again uh, That took us by surprise I was waiting for the The what? Hungry Nogurt Yes Sorry I was waiting for the what The what The what Oasis Oasis I don't want to say this um, <laughs> How did the lion get lost in the wild <laughs> it's a New category of jokes Go ahead Because Wicked Wicked Jungle is massive I'm sorry, I don't get it. <laughs> it's a terrible joke. It's not mine either. That's fine. It's just oh, it's jungle music is um, oh uh, genre. And right. I, yes, remember, yes, I think that was yes. Ali G said that. Oh, right. Jungle is massive. Uh, Dylan, which one of the seven dwarves best describes you? Can you list them? Yes, that'd be helpful. Uh, sleepy, dozy, grumpy. grumpy. No, dozy, dozy and sleepy are the same thing. <laughs> I'll go with uh, sneezy. Sneezy, you yeah, sneeze a lot, do you? Me, I, sneeze, I sneeze a lot. Like. Oh. Yeah. I love a good sneeze. Yeah. It's very uh, relieving. Uh, so we have Sneezy, Sleepy, Happy, Doc. What the fuck? Doc. Uh, <laughs> grumpy, Dopey, Doc again, and Bashful. Who? <laughs> Two dogs. No way this is right. Who wrote that? This is ridiculous. How can I not find the names? Of it? Okay, so there's Sneezy, Sleepy, Bashful, Happy, Grumpy, Dopey, and Doc. I, I'd say I'm Dopey. Bashful. Sounds interesting. Bashful is kind of shy, you know. Like a pervert. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Rethink. Uh, final answer, Mike. <laughs> uh, next, Dylan. All lockdown restrictions are immediately lifted. What is the first thing you do? An all-day party somewhere. Anywhere, yeah, anywhere. Ooh, a field. Yeah. I want to conduct a social experiment with me, you, and Flood and a bottle of whiskey in a field. <laughs> the social experiment is just to see what happens after we drink the whiskey. <laughs> Uh, yeah what's yours Michael <laughs> that sounds pretty tempting um, what am I going to do uh, I'll drive to wherever the hell I want and no guy can stop me okay <laughs> uh, I just put this in here Cork is the Texas of Ireland Dis- <laughs> discuss I love these discussions <laughs> we do a podcast just with discussion titles that is absolutely true Mark. I think so it's yeah. its own republic do you see it Dylan yeah, it's a fairly raw spot, isn't it? Mm. It's it's the diversity of it, you know. I think is is your man Joe Rogan? Is he there now in Texas? Who's going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in Austin, even. Yeah, so like, um, you know, you've Joe Rogan, and you've a lad that eats big burgers as, and tries to eat them in less than thirty minutes a day that he can get them for free, or he might shoot the man that owns it. You know, it's, it's <laughs> Joe Rogan and himself. You know, yeah. Um, I will say as well that there, uh, we, we were down in Cork in August and like the food, the sound of the food oh, down there and the amount of options for dinner and drinks and coffee is fantastic. Whereabouts yeah. in Cork were you? In the city. 
City centre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like, you could go three hours and you'd still be in Cork. That's another quality of Cork. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I was. I went that. three hours to... Well, no, I think it's two hours. Don't be exaggerating, Michael. And uh, <laughs> to West Cork. And, oh, my goodness, how rural... Oh, that's where I met the, the people that have the, you know, the, the children of the year. That's where they're buried there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you go from nice food to children of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Again, proof of your theory, Mark. Back to you. Um... <laughs> Dylan, what is the strangest reason you got a note in your journal in school? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, God. You have to think so, back, don't you? It's hour, mm, yeah. This is actually kind of funny now. I'm quite embarrassing. But, um, so I, when I had, I was in school in the Leaving Cert, I had quite severe eczema. And I actually used to get the bus up to Vincent's at six in the morning before school to get these uh, sessions in like, these UVB sunbeds. So you'd go up and you'd, so you leave Gory about six, get in the bus, bus there and up to Vincent's, you get in for like half a minute in these UVB extremely severe sunbeds. And you'd be only in a tongue <laughs> and a pair of goggles. You come back out, you'd be burnt to bits, you'd come back to school. One of my teachers didn't know I was doing this. I was supposed to, well, Finn was supposed to tell everyone, didn't tell one of my teachers, and I came in late with sunburn <laughs> in November. And he didn't believe me. And I had this note in my journal saying something about Dylan being late for class, claiming he was uh, in Dublin, but he had sunburn. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that's and it great. was, yeah, it was embarrassing because he was questioning me from the whole class. <laughs> I don't know why he said that's great. I think it was, yeah, it's not great. Like, really, <laughs> no, it's just, it wasn't great, to be honest. The, the, it's quite embarrassing. Yeah. The way it was phrased, I suppose, yeah. that note. Uh, mine would have been the spanner story we had in this, I'd say. Oh, it's priceless. The... One of my favourite memories of the Gorky Room to school. I'm yeah. sure we discussed it many times. Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah. Uh, what's yours, Michael? <laughs> I actually, the only, well, memory, many um, journaling activities took place, all right. Um, but one that sticks out was, I, I remember haggling with Shani Finn to get myself... I think out of a detention into a no territory. Um, that's an abiding memory of. I think it worked. This has been the worst trade deal in history of trade. Deals. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. Ah, there were a few now others on plowing chip trips and that type of thing. But you look, we'll go there. Will we cross wires? That's where no. I heard that phrase. <laughs> I suppose we'll have an old flush flood. I have to say, James Flood is embracing his title. You know you can email him, Mark. Did you at, know that? At where? You, flash flood at papertuesdays.com. Savage. Yeah. So, uh, Dylan, you have a choice of flash floods. We've never offered a choice, so you are now going to get a choice. You can pick Mick McCarthy or International Days of the Year. It definitely has to be Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> want to meet the the man that decided giving Mick McCarthy another job in football would be a smart idea. This man cost Ireland the World Cup in 2002. Cost us the World Cup. Sent home our best player who would have made a differ against Spain. Guarantee you that now he would have made the differ. We know that he prepared so poorly. Like this man people think he's great because he was centre back for Ireland for years and he was a big Yorkshire accent oh, I'm fucking Mick McCarthy he's a fucking tool he should never get another job in football disgrace this crowd in Cyprus are just going to play bad football he'll send home the best players and they'll do nothing now what did you make of that Dylan? 
I have to agree. Yeah. I have to agree now. He's uh, on a roll. These like he's gone from Bertie Horn to conglomerates to Mick McCarthy. It's just Oh I completely agree about Bertie as well. Bring back Bertie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had an that. Instagram post actually crediting that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Bring back Bertie. Yeah, yeah. Um there was a lot in there about poor old Mick McCarthy. And actually shout out to anyone who is a Mick McCarthy fan because James has been on to us, I'd say for the last four months at least, mm. to have a, an on air debate and he will uh, attack anyone who uh, thinks that Mick McCarthy is a good guy. Yeah, uh, we can't find anyone who cares. <laughs> <laughs> we've tried, we've looked, and there's no one out there. Well, considering they trained in what can only be described as Camola and Celtics grounds for the World Cup, the state of the conditions over there when they were training in the. Saipan? Yes, in Saipan, yeah, that's what it was. It was horrendous. So yeah. you can only imagine what the players were thinking going into the games against Spain. Yeah. And getting pumped. You were played for Court and Hoops, did you? I did. Played for everyone in Gore, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I stint the Celtic and Rangers as well, actually. Oh, all right. Very good. Dinner block. Multicolored man. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no hand moving around. Yeah. Uh, Mark, uh, fast forward? Look, I don't know. I don't care. Um, I met Mick McCarthy once when I was four. Oh, on, did you? On holidays and he was lovely. So yeah. that's all I can say. James, you Hello, know Mark. Man. You don't know him like I do. It's Mick McCarthy here. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that. I've actually got a nice tidbit for you if you want to go, James. Ooh. Oh, James. So oh, when, I, when I joined Tara Hill Senior Infants, <laughs> I moved from Dublin up to the big dub up to Tara Hill. And um, I joined <laughs> senior. Infants. Sorry, still, we've we've just. Uh, oh, sorry, I shouldn't interrupt. No, but uh, Paper Juices investigates mention dubs, and uh, look, we exclude well, you. Uh, that uh, look, some dubs are good. Uh, continue. One percent, am I? So, um, when I first joined uh, senior infants, I was sat next to James Blood and Sean Roach. Wow, this is a so memory now. Which was a toxic combination. Yeah. <laughs> As you can imagine, it was just Sean it's a being... baptism of fire. Yeah, it was just Rochi being horrible and James crying every day. Now, in fairness, two boys actually were top crack and they were great to me. They helped me get settled in quite nicely. But I do remember a fond memory of James believing he was James Bond. And he had his own ID card that did say James Bond. <laughs> it had to be said, sorry. <laughs> it makes sense with the suits. Yeah, he loves a good suit. And then Alex Ferguson style jacket. Um, you know the Manchester United one the big long one yeah. that was the managerial jacket mm. um, I love the fact that now you said he, his habit of crying well um, flash flood oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be good for that now I think that's enough for flash flood uh, yeah. well, flash flood the paper chooses I can't yes please mm. Yeah, please. Letters to the editor time, is it, Mark? Ah, yes, I love this yes, part. Yes, 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 yes. So this is <laughs> a strange one in here. No, the editor is a bit like the banker in uh, Deal or No Deal. Yeah, um, yeah. Who's the old Edmonds? I think Robbie is. Anyway, here, this one is in. Thanks to our anonymous uh, letter to the editor. I am a 35-year-old man. My wife has a strange habit of urinating in the tea she serves guests at her home. She says it gives her a kick. Though I was shocked at first, I have started enjoying it too. In fact, I do the same when making tea for guests. I have heard that drinking urine is not harmful. Is it safe to continue doing this? Well, it's about time that you email letters to the editor at paperchooses.com. That's what I'd say, first of all. Uh, Mark, what did you make of this one? I've heard of these trends of people drinking their own urine. 
Really? Well, yeah. Have you not? No. no. This is an actual thing. Yeah, they do. They drink their own urine because I don't know what the it's exact to revitalize yourself. Yes, but it makes no logical sense to me no. that the, you, what your body expels is trying to get rid of, and then you're just putting it back in. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I just you got know, rid of this for a reason. Like, we drink cow's back. milk, and cow milk isn't piss, Michael. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's not cow piss. <laughs> Dylan, what do you have advice to this thirty-five-year-old man who's pissing in teacups? Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree with Mark. Like whatever you're, li- whatever it's about leaving the body is leaving for a good reason. It's it's dirt. Mm. It's no mm. longer usable. So you're yeah. putting it back into your body again. You're just going to be going through a, a tough circle. It's going to get smaller and smaller. Yeah. Have you tried it? Tasting my urine or anyone else's? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Would well, have you ever had any interest in it? No. Has <laughs> <laughs> it crossed your mind? Yeah. No, but I will say I like to take the contrarian approach a lot in life. And uh, since you're both of the view that, you know, maybe you should stop because it's better to, that it leaves the body. If it tastes nice, go ahead and do it. Well, the guests haven't complained yet. No, by the sounds of it. no. And yeah, I'm looking sure. forward to hearing, oh, you have a lovely blend. Lovely <laughs> blend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan, what's your star sign? Ooh, uh, Aquarius. Aquarius, interesting. Let me just look up your star sign. Oh, here we go. Dylan the Aquarius. You have noticed the influence of an offbeat rhythm. It's knocked you a little. That's to be expected when the ascendant surge of Venus swings a sharp left and collides with a Mercury retrograde. Ultimately, it's time to accept its syncopated rhythm. Listen closely to the beatings of your heart. Mars is going to wake up soon. And when it does, my goodness, will you feel its impact. The new moon will bring you self-love. Draw down your own riff and embrace the power of the lunar eclipse when it affects the M11 motorway. (laughs) (laughs) Now, a lot to take from that. I hope that influences your next uh, podcast and, you know, the the peaks and troughs that I was talking about because I have no other expressions to describe what happens in the in that tempo genre of music. Uh, sorry? Tempo was a very good word earlier. Oh, you like yeah. tempo? Oh, okay, <laughs> very good, very good. Um, well, riddle time, is it, Mark? Riddle, riddle, riddle. Um, okay. Let's give a prize. We have given the prize to, shout out to the mass man, the, he was the Rafferty from Cool Granny who Steven. won a tenor and a potted plant. Yeah. And my Oscar, my red setter, has knocked over a plant, so I better get a new plant for Mr. Rafferty. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a riddle is not all of them are lost. They're just below the city. Mm, not all of them are lost. They're just below the city. Any initial thoughts there, uh, Dylan? I'm being drawn to Atlantis, but that's way off. Mm. <laughs> Keep thinking in that vein of form. Yeah, we'll come up with a prize there, Mark. I'm looking around here. Would you give your cat to whoever? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <You'll> be- <laughs> I suppose, Dylan, um, it's time for... The best 30 seconds of your life. Ah, yes, Mark. You said it. So, Dylan, your chosen topic is uh, Irish musical people and producers, Correct. Yeah, we'll go for that. Three, two, one, go! So there's Sarah Mooney, Yasmin Gardesi, Marcus O'Leary, there is Tommy Houlihan, uh, Kedema, there is Paul T, the Billy Cavanagh, <laughs> Subversive, um, how am I going blank? Oh my god, DSNT, Myler, Colleen, Aaron, Sam Greenwood, Dart, Emma, uh, Long Island Sound, Boots and Cats, One Year. Time up. Oh. 
And I'm going to give you an extra one because you didn't mention yourself. <laughs> and, no, you uh, didn't. And Modest. that's 18. So look, it's a good score, but it, it's not 20. Or it's not over 20. We need to smash 20. But look, it's nothing to be ashamed of. You leave here with your head held high and you leave with a good horoscope as well. So it's all it's not a bad. still first, is he? What? Is that Monk still first? Yeah. yeah. First. It's hard to tip them, you know. We could have given you a Saints and maybe you would have got 21 as well. Yeah, or 20. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other crack, Parag? Uh No. Has Joe Biden been elected? Has oh, that I been don't know. confirmed? No. There'll be any news. But I know that Joe Sullivan remains the career lock of Gory Municipal District Council and that's the news that matters tonight. Um, mm. But yes, Paper Tuesdays, you can find us on Instagram. You can find Dilly Wonka on Instagram too. Dilly, uh, Dylan, it's been a pure pleasure to have you and we've learned, I've learned a lot anyway. I'm sure yeah, you were more oh, learned about uh, the techno world and uh, uh, house music and uh, keep up keep playing uh, keep blazing your old trail as I say and um, you can contact us on uh, Instagram at Paper Tuesdays you can also email us it's Michael at Paper Tuesdays.com Mark at Paper Tuesdays.com Robbie from Robbie and can I just ask <laughs> something alright if you're listening to this can you please share this on your story so other people will listen yeah do exactly what Dylan said there. Grow yeah. paper chooses. Spread more paper chooseians around the place. Let them yeah. crop up like buttercups in a field. And let's keep this podcast going. And uh, let's... Uh, one more thing. Oh, yes. Big news. 25 episodes. And in this fine shed in Barogue, we hereby declare paper chooses... A Patreon subscriber page. Is that what you call us? <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. We have three categories of Paper Tuesdays Patreon supporters. We have in the supporters club. Uh, it ranges from the, pub first, the pub supporter to the season ticket holder. So you can decide what level of a Paper Tuesday you would like to be. But there'll be a lot of opportunities for Mark to sit down, light a candle and write you a poem if you are one of our Patreon subscribers. So that's the sort of thing that we're looking for. Mark has the candles ready. He has a pen in his hand. And all he needs is you to click on Patreon. And you can find that in our Instagram there by clicking on link, the link tree page. HTTP. Or papertuesdays.com. We might put it up there to make it a little bit more convenient for you. Dylan, any parting thoughts? Any advice for us as we uh, try to dip into the world of techno and that type of thing? Don't be afraid to try something new. Ah, If you're going to give it a go, give it a go. And don't be afraid of what anyone else is going to think because secretly everyone else is jealous. We got a little bit of Seneca at the end of all that. Dylan, thanks a million for all that. Thanks, Dylan. That was class. Cheers.